Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Passes to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. Got a bunch of room and some blockers. Hurdling a blocker at the 25. Inside the 50. What a run by Kamara, who's all the way in. For a touchdown. Wow. Reese, quick throw. Sanders got there. Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. And welcome back to another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm John Hendricks alongside Terrence Copper. Terrence, it's almost April. Uh, Easter's right around the corner, man. What's uh, you uh, one of those guys that did try to do the April Fool's Day pranks or anything? Or are you just kind of like, uh, we'll see what happens? No, nah, we'll see what happens. That's the type of guy I am. Uh, I kind of got an April Fool's prank a long time ago. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have a favorite one? Ah, uh, not really. I can't. Re- it's been so long, I can't remember them. Well, I can't I'll remember any April's joke. How about yourself? I'll tell you one of my favorite ones, the ones I did in hindsight. So it was a small one, but you think about how thrown off you were. So I mixed a, a bag of uh, – M&M's with Skittles and I think Reese's Pieces. And so when you went and get in there, you weren't sure if you're getting chocolate or fruit. And some people were just kind of blown away by what they had been into. I'm like, eh, you know, it's just kind of funny, but that's just okay. a small one. You know, obviously there's been more when you talk about the football world, everybody that's listening, if you go on Friday, just remember everything that you see, look for a blue check mark and look at the account before you think that, you know, Gail Benson sold the team or some crazy crap that comes up. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. this is what happens, <laughs> but you know, we're getting in the month of April, the saints uh, obviously have had a, an interesting off season so far. I think, you know, if we start in going backwards, uh, obviously the latest news we'll start there is, you know, Malcolm Jenkins retiring, decision to retire. I think it's something that we kind of saw coming just based mm. off his last press conference at the end of the regular season. And then you see him make the the move to reduce his salary. But look, that's a, a big loss. And now you've lost him. You lost Marcus Williams. But man, just some of your thoughts on Malcolm Jenkins, because uh, obviously you were in the league, obviously, when he came in as a rookie, just maybe mm-hmm. some of your impressions and some thoughts about what you saw from him and just kind of his career. You know, he's had an amazing, Amazing career with 13 seasons, you know. Yeah. Uh, so he has an amazing career, uh, not just with the Saints, but when he was with the Eagles, uh, you know, so he's he's done a lot for himself, a lot for his teams and organizations. Um, even when the, the Colin Kaepernick thing came out, you know, he was one of the, the front mm. runners of that as well. You know, so he's done a lot, man, uh, in his career, whether it's for the people, whether it's for his team or or the, the organization. So my hat goes off to him and he definitely, uh, he definitely should be celebrated uh, playing 13 years in the league, doing anything for 13 years is a long time, especially playing in the NFL. So my hat goes off to him and, and we're just thankful for all the things he's done. Yeah. And look, I, I think the other part of it is man, just so, such a, a iron man on defense. I mean, there's so yeah. many years he's played 99% of the snaps are better and, you know, he even said he had a tough decision deciding whether he wanted to retire a Saint or an Eagle because he's made 
such a vast impact on both of those franchises. And obviously yes. he was spoiled a little bit because he won a Super Bowl his rookie season. And then he goes to <laughs> Philadelphia and is able to, to win another ring. And he comes back to New Orleans and look, Malcolm was still playing at a really high level. I mean, he would, yes. you know, and again, I, I don't think it's surprising. Some of these players are, are hanging it up a little bit earlier than maybe we think, but you know, look, there's a lot of commitment that goes into the season. I mean, we talked about it on this pod about, you know, how long the NFL season really is because in when you get to it, you know, how crazy your schedule is. And so I know Malcolm's mm-hmm. a community guy, a family man, you know, and he wants to be able to be with his family and such. But, you know, look, I know I'll forever remember him for the play on Thanksgiving against Dallas where he stripped Roy Williams and, and the Saints ended up winning that game. So <laughs> I, I know that's just one of many, but man, Malcolm was a great leader did a lot of good things. I think Philly's going to obviously, you know, respect him a good bit in this, but you know, for Saints fans, uh, it's, it's a somber moment and y'all forever remember Malcolm Jenkins at 27. Well, we're finally here. The top teams in college basketball have been determined and the final four is set. Looking to wager on these games or the national championship? Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. He likes to, he's likes to, the things he's just accomplished and the things he's done. And he likes to, again, hats off to him. He gets retired on his own, on his own, uh, on his own time. You know, mm. it's not like he's been pushed out. He gets to make that decision. And and a lot of guys that retire, they know when it's time to retire. Uh, even though they may still have, you know, they still be still maybe putting up numbers and still doing well in the field. But as a player, you know, when it's time to retire. Uh, I know when I retired, I knew uh, when I my last year playing, I knew that was, you know, I wouldn't play any much too much longer because it was just retirement started coming in my head, talking about it, you know, and thinking about it. And and as a player, once you get to that point where you contemplate retirement, it's time for you to retire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, you, you said it too. I mean, the fact that you get to choose, I mean, you know, you can walk away Mm -hmm. from this game with lingering effects or you can walk away from this game with not as many, you know, obviously concussions are a big deal or big nasty injuries or just the way that you have to do your body. I mean, you know, I think it makes me think of sometimes like these offensive linemen that are, you know, 300 plus pounds. And then you see them a couple of years later and they look, you know, like skin and bones. Like I, yeah. I think Nate, Nate Newton's probably one of the best examples I could think of, but you know, I remember Max Unger shed a lot of weight, but just a lot mm-hmm. of ways that you have to discipline your body and stuff when that when you do this and how demanding football really is. It is. It is. Like so you, you made a great point. I've seen a couple of linemen that uh, when they got out, they look like they're receivers. Now they play receivers. So. <laughs> <laughs> and like Probably can't say, run that, they, that that four four speed though. <laughs> yeah, like like they say, they don't need to wait anymore. They don't need that weight anymore. So the best thing for their health health reasons, you know, is to kind of shed those pounds. Uh, when when you're three hundred some pounds and you're playing a sport, I mean, you three hundred some pounds, but you still are in some type of shape because you're lifting weights every day. You're conditioning every day. So, but once you're done, you know, you don't need that weight anymore. So, 
you know, I, I get why they shed those pounds. No doubt. Well, hats off to Malcolm Jenkins. I'm sure you might see him. I, I don't know. Maybe I just ask, is he a player that you put in the, the ring of honor for the Saints? I mean, is that somebody that you would uh, look at or do you think he might not have done enough compared to some of the players that are in there? You know what? That's a great question. I think you put him in there. Yeah, I definitely I think, think he's yeah. alumni. You know, I, no doubt he's going to be in a, honored and all these different things. But, again, you look at how instrumental he was and what Sean Payton said – you know, the fact that they left and let them leave in free agency in the first place, they should have never done that because their defense yeah. sucked after Jenkins left. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I, I definitely think he's going to Ring of Honor. Yeah, that'll be something to see. Something to see. But, man, I know he's loved in Philly and in New Orleans, but, you know, he's New Orleans first, guys. So, you know, you <laughs> fans, I know y'all, y'all are out of some type of way, but it's the same first, obviously. But, you know, so that's, that's one thing. Um, and then they had the NFL owners meetings this week and uh, Dennis Allen talked a good bit. And before we even get into DA, but new overtime format, what do you think on that? I mean, now you get teams that get a possession in postseason, um, and there's all sorts of things, but do you like the rule? Do you hate the rule? What do you think about it? You know, I was, <laughs> the rule wasn't a big, I'm trying to see how I can put this. I like the rule the way it was before. Mm. I'm saying that this rule is, is terrible, but, I like the way it was before. Uh, I, I feel like, I mean, you can't make everybody happy, you know, but I feel like I like the way it was before. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I get it. I understand it. I just don't know, you know, I guess the intent is you want to see something mix up, but I think it's just because what happened in the Bills-Chiefs game, all these things or what happens here. I mean, I think part of the onus is on the defense to stop them, but you got to remember That's- this is an offensive-led league too in a lot of ways. Um and, you know, I guess there's there's things because if I, I pick it in the 90s, you know, I'm taking a Eagles defense or a, a Dallas defense or a steel curtain in the past. I'm, I'm betting on those guys to stop the, the offense today. It's kind of like, man, I don't know. You know, it's just tough. Yeah. So I can I can understand it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it actually happens or when it happens, how much controversy it actually draws from there. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I applaud the competition committee for at least trying. Um, you know, maybe they get out. I, I, I don't like the fact the taunting penalties. I think that's so dumb. But, you know, I guess yeah. integrity game, all that. I just don't understand why you look at stuff like that. You still can't fix, you know, pass interference or real-time catches or anything. I feel like there's other things that you could fix in the NFL um, maybe a little bit better than – you know, maybe focusing on the overtime rule, but, you know, we'll see how it plays in and it's just in the postseason, So that's what we'll see. So, we'll, you know, when we get a tie between the Browns and uh, whoever or Jaguars and whoever this year, then it'll be, Oh, we need to get rid of this in the regular season too. <laughs> True. <laughs> but at any rate, moving on, um, you know, again, Dennis Allen talked a good bit. And so I think he had some really good things to say and just kind of go there. Um, let's start with Taysom Hill. So obviously I don't think there's anything new, but a lot of people are treating it like it's new. But the fact is that, you know, Alan said, obviously Winston's going in this year and Jameis Winston's resigned. So I, I don't think we've been on since he's resigned, but obviously I think that's a great move. You know, I can't believe Deshaun Watson got that guy Gantuan contract. I mean, fully guaranteed. That's, that's insane. But um, we is. can start with Taysom Hill and talk there and we can, work our way around but you know first off good good stuff for Jameis right I'm happy for him mm-hmm. I thought that was probably the best move the most sensible move 
Um, he learned a lot of good things from it. I think he's got a, a good understanding, and I feel like he's going to be a good leader for the next couple of seasons. Now you got to build around him. But part of that is Taysom Hill doesn't sound like he's going to be in the quarterback equation now. Maybe he still does powers and he still does some certain things, but he's going to be a tight end now, uh, if, apparently from what Dennis Allen said. So what do you think of that? Is it a good move? Or, you know, maybe it's uh, it's too early to give up on Taysom Hill. You know what? I think that's a good move. Even though I like Taysom Hill at the quarterback position, I just feel like he never he never had an opportunity to play the position uh, healthy, whether it was his foot messed up, whether it was his finger messed up. Uh, I would just like to see him play the position when he's healthy uh, and see how that went. But I have no problem with him moving to tight end. I just want to know, I, I really want to see what type of tight end he's going to be. Is he's going to be a tight end like, uh, let's say, a Marcus Colston? Because Marcus Colston played receiver, but a lot of times in certain personnel packages, Marcus Colston went in at the Y. He was a, he was a receiver at the Y, but he was just kind of opened up and not detached with his hand on the ground. So mm. I'm wondering if he's going to be become that type of Y, like a stand-up tight end, uh, that's involved with more routes instead of in line, hand in the dirt, blocking power plays, which I think he could probably do it as well because he's just a super athlete. But uh, I would I would love to see how they're going to use him at the wide position. But I don't think it's a bad move at all because he's an athlete and the more weapons you have on the field, uh, the better off we're going to be. And he's definitely a weapon regardless if he's at quarterback or we just got to get the ball in his hands. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think this is part, echoes what DA said. And so, I mean, he was talking about, look, you know, I have a tough time him being right on the sidelines next to me when he, you know, Winston is going to be the quarterback. And so this year, it doesn't sound like Winston's going to have any problems or any competition there. But, you know, the fact is Hill can play at tight end. He can do a lot of things. He can change things. But I don't think some of his roles will necessarily go away just because again he could be in that power situation but you know what fans got to remember is this, this is something by design that Peyton had a long time ago is that you know you look back at that San Francisco game when Drew Brees had got hurt it was Jameis Winston that went in to back up it wasn't it wasn't Taysom Hill because of the way they schemed things and you know mm -hmm. Taysom even earlier this year when he knew he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback he changed his weight routine he bulked up so he could be a tight end as opposed to a quarterback so I think you look at that and, and they picked up Andy Dalton, which I think is a great insurance option for yes. Winston. Um, but you're looking at the belief that now Hill really is going to be more of that tight end guy. Dalton would be your backup immediately. I think if something happens to Winston, Dalton could win you some football games. And then you have to figure out the last position between Ian Book and Blake Bortles. But, you know, um, you know, maybe your thoughts on the quarterback room right now. And, and could they add in the drafts? Could they take – a Malik Willis, could they take a, a Kenny Pickett uh, at 18th overall, or would that be a waste right now? Right now, I think the receiver position is really the biggest position uh, to fill when it comes to offensively. I think the fact you got James Winston back, that is huge. And I like the fact that, you know, he has competition, but they're really giving him the keys to the, to the offense. And what that does for a quarterback, that gives him a lot of security where He's not looking over his shoulder every time he messes up in the game uh, because that weighs a lot on players when they got to constantly try to be perfect because they know, okay, if this go wrong, that go wrong, I could easily get pulled. In which that can happen anyway, but the fact that you know they have confidence in you, they're giving you the keys to it. If you mess up some, guess what? They're still riding with you. 
you know, that does a lot for quarterback confidence. So I'm, I like the fact that, you know, he has competition behind him. He has a second string guy behind him, but he is the guy, which last year, you know, before he got injured, you know, it was, you really didn't know if he was the guy yet, you know, the jury was still out on him if he could really run the offense. Uh, but his first few games, he did a great job with managing the game. So now the fact they're giving him the keys, like, listen, this is your team, run your team. That does a lot for a quarterback psyche. So I love that part of it. I love the backup quarterback that we have. And like I said, but I love the fact also that Taysom Hill is out of the quarterback room, even though, even though I, I like him at the quarterback position, uh, just like I said, I wish I could see him play healthy, but I like him being on the football field at all times possibly because he is a weapon and he uh, can make plays, like I said, once he gets the ball in his hand. So adding him to the offense, not behind the quarterback, not behind the center, but just actually installing him in the offense is huge. But at the quarterback position, I love Jameis Winston, the fact he came back. I love the fact they're giving him the keys to the car without having to look over his shoulder. Yeah, look, and, and quite simply put, we talked about this during the season. If Jameis Winston played all 17 games, the Saints would have been in the playoffs. You couldn't have convinced me otherwise. He was playing at a high level. I think he was just starting to hit his stride. I think he was only getting better. And once we lost him in the, the Tampa game, that's when everything just changed. And look, I, yep. I, I like what Trevor Simeon brought to the table. I think Jameis would have done enough to at least get you 11 wins, right? I think they would have been 11 and six going in. I, I don't think, you know, some of the games they could have went the way they did, like in Philly, you know, that was a defensive breakdown or, you know, Tennessee was a tough game. I mean, Winston, mm -hmm. honestly, should have been six and one as a starter, right? I mean, because True. you lose the game against the, uh, the Giants and <laughs> you blow one against Atlanta, but uh, that was the Carolina or Atlanta was, was not Jim Winston, but you blow the game against uh, the Giants, which you shouldn't have. And then Carolina was just a weird situation. So I think you should have been six and one as a starter, obviously, but he's been playing high level. And I like the, the fact that they're going to turn to him, but now the focus becomes, you got to get upgrade the talent around him. And, you know, I got to be honest with you, this wide receiver room. Yeah. They made some moves. You're going to get Michael Thomas back. You re-signed Trey Quan Smith. You got Callaway mm -hmm. and Deontay Hardy back in the mix and some young guys, but they're unproven. I'm a little bit concerned right now. The way the Saints receiving room is, is playing out. Yes. I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, even with Thomas coming back, you know, he set out for a year. So you want to see how, how he comes back as well. You want to see how he comes back and how, is is he still that top receiver that we know him to be? Is he still going to be that guy when he comes back? You know, so they have a lot of good, a lot of good weapons around him, but they're not proven. Like you said, they're not proven weapons. And, and you'll feel a lot better if you had guys in here that already has those accolades that has already proven themselves in the NFL. Uh, you'll feel a lot better if we had a couple of those guys in the room, or at least one more of those guys in the room, you know, but it is what it is. I think, this year at the receiver draft class, I think you got a lot of good receivers coming out this year. So, Tons. yes, Tons. of course. No excuse not to get better. No, no excuse. So I feel like you use that first round draft pick to get you a, a top notch receiver to get in the building to put around your quarterback that you've just given the keys to. And, and let's see what happens. Yeah, not only that, but there's still some free agents out there. And I'm not saying that they're going to come in and change everything. But, you know, Jarvis Landry's still out there. He was still looking. He was looking for twenty million dollars a year. He he's not going to get that kind of money. I'm just sorry, this is not happening. But part no. of that is from Christian Kirk kind of messing up the market, right? But you know, <laughs> Landry's still going to get paid. But this is a guy who hasn't had a production like he used to. And you know, look, 
I'm writing about it now, but there are some veterans out there that could help. I mean, I don't think they're a shell of what they used to be, but T.Y. Hilton is a guy that could help you. Julio Jones, I mean, A.J. Green, I know the availability is going to be a concern for some of these. You know, Muhammad Sanu, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, there's tons of these veteran guys that are probably going to have to wait until the draft plays out. But, you know, I think Odell Beckham Jr. is obviously the other one, but now you look at him, I, I think he's going back to L.A., I think he had a taste of the Super Bowl. Now he wants to go back. I would think he goes back there. But, you know, there are other receivers that are potentially they could bring in. I just don't know. Again, no disrespect to any receivers because some are are different examples. But something about hitting that past 30 mark, with the exception of maybe Emmanuel Sanders, you know, receiver production, just it falls off. I mean, we've seen it time and time again with a lot of receivers. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and it fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. I think out of all those names you named, even though Julio Jones is an amazing receiver, he's well, we know what he's done in his past and what he's capable of. But I don't think that with his age and even how last year went for him, I think injuries is going to start plaguing him a lot. And I don't think, I think the older you get, the more those injuries start to plague. So I'll be real careful of bringing in a receiver, any receiver that's starting to have they're starting to be injury prone and they're a little older because those injuries can continue to pile up. I like a guy like Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. The reason why I like a guy like Deshaun Jackson is because he can stretch the field. And we all know that, that Jameis Winston is great at throwing the deep ball. Hmm. Now he have a, now he has a, a proven deep threat that is that has been proving himself year in and year out that he is all he's still a deep threat. And, and he can go get those balls that Winston throws up to him, uh, especially after the play action game when you get the run game going. So I like a Deshaun Jackson uh, coming to the Saints because of how much he can still stretch the field at receiver position. Yeah, and I think he just needs an opportunity. But you look at the receiving core. I mean, most all those guys you name, I think Saints fans would take them to heartbeat. And, you know, I'm all for a situation. And look, we've talked about it on here about Callaway, some of the, the defects in his, his season just – with the ability to run routes, not be on the same page. And I think a continuity for having a, a, a number one quarterback is going to help him. But we talked mm-hmm. about it on this pod about, you know, the route running, that stuff you can't really improve until you get to the off season. It's not like you can be in the middle of the year and really improve on stuff like that. So I think it's big for him, but I say all that to say a situation where you push him and Deontay Hardy and make them fight for the two and three spots, as opposed to being like, all right, well, they're two and three and, Traquan's three or, you know, Hardy's four. I think you got to make these guys or push these guys a good bit. You got a new wide receivers coach and Cody Burns. I just feel like when you look at 
the landscape of who they have and what they could still add, um, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing because you still look at stacking up those receivers compared to some of the other top trios in the league and the Saints still don't add up even with Michael Thomas in it. Yeah. Like I said, we, we, we definitely have to get some guys in the building. Uh, but I think the draft is the way to go this year. You, know, you, you get some younger guys in. I mean, you have some young guys in there, but I think you get a, a, a prolific, a prolific uh, receiver coming out of this draft class they have. And that's something you can grow with. Uh, you don't have to really worry about, of course, injuries always going to be a concern when you play in the NFL. But at least if you're getting a guy and you're going to get him first round, at least he's going to be young. He's going to be young. He's going to be energetic. He have young legs coming into the league. Uh, and I think you can build off of him. You can build. But if, if you're going older, like you said before, you got to be careful. You got to really look at their background, their history, their injuries, are they injury plagued? Because if they are injury plagued and, and you're going older, you got to expect that it's the same type of things are going to happen uh, because they're just getting older. So me personally, I will go young in the draft. Uh, draft one of these talented receivers coming out and, and go from there and with the with the guys you already have in your stable. And I feel like we'll be okay. We'll be yeah. okay because we still got to establish the run game. The run game has to be established. <laughs> I'm still not sold on just dropping James Winston back 40 times and letting him throw the ball that many times, uh, even though he's a great quarterback, but we all still know that he's capable of turning it over. So right. I feel like we yeah. still got to get established. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Uh, and I was going to say that, you know, piggyback off that, Allen talked about free agency and same thing with Mickey Loomis. They've talked about the wide receiver position right this week. And Allen, I think he put it perfectly, said he wants to augment the team uh, through free agency and then build them through the draft. And obviously talking about not really saying, hey, we don't want to make splash moves. We want to make the right moves. And he cited Demario Davis is a perfect example there. And look, I, I think you're, you're right on the, the protection piece. And, you know, a lot of people, you lost to Ron Armstead, and that's a huge one. And, you know, I think I'm one of the minorities that, that was a little bit shocked he got $15 million a year just because he's on the other side of 30 and he's never been in a full season, right? And so no disrespect to Tron, but that's just kind of what you're getting. And so I think James Hurst is a, t a capable guy that can fill in. You've got some other younger guys that could, you know, potentially work as your depth. But, you know, I think a lot of mock drafts I've seen have been, hey, it's Charles Cross, it's Trevor Penning. You know, they got a draft or left tackle, which wouldn't surprise me. But at the same time, I also feel like the direction they go, they could turn it over to Hurst. But still, Doug Marone's got a lot on his plate coming in here because you got to fix Cesar Ruiz. Uh, Andres Pete's coming back from injury. Ryan Ramchek's coming back from, you know, injury, even though he played a little bit. And then you got Eric McCoy, who's kind of been your solid, you know, most stable option there. So I'm with you. You can't put Winston 40 times back there and expect him to just, just blow it up. And, and that's not fair to him, but you got to upgrade the talent around him. But I'm more concerned about that offensive line and generating holes to run and whether it's Camara and, you know, again, we have to see if he's going to be suspended any amount of time, but you got Ingram and they're still going to need another running back or two outside yes. of those guys. Yes. And, and with the running back, I mean, you can, to me, I feel like running backs are, and this is not to downgrade the running back position. Don't get me wrong about that. But you can find you a good running back from somewhere, whether it's through free agency, whether you find uh, a running back late in the draft, uh, whether you get a free, whether you get a running back through free agency, like I said earlier. Uh, so to me, the, the other running back is not 
um, as immediate attention. Now, unless Kamara gets some type of suspension, then, you know, okay, we, we need a running back. But I feel like that receiver position is, is a big spot. But like you was talking about earlier, the offensive line has to be priority. Uh, truth and untruthfully, the offensive line has to be priority over, over receivers because it don't matter how how well you are in the skill position. It don't matter how good of a quarterback you have. It don't matter how good running backs you have or receivers you have. If the O-line is not holding up, it doesn't matter. And I play receiver. And I play receiver. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm always talking about receivers the best position on the field. We are the most uh, needed position on the field. We're not. I'm just – I just talk – I honestly understand that it's the O-line and D-line. If you don't got an O-line and D-line – you're going to struggle all year round, no matter how much talent you have in the back end or at the skill position. You need an O-line and D-line. Yeah, I, I always operated off that belief, too, because I always said, hey, look, if you don't have premier pass rushers, what good is it going to do if you have the best secondary out there? Because if the quarterback has five to ten seconds to throw, it doesn't exactly. matter. The same thing <laughs> on the opposite side. If you're only giving Winston the Ian Book type of time against the Dolphins, he's not going to do any, any good, right? I mean, that's just how it goes. And so – I'm a firm believer that the guys in the trenches just don't get a lot of respect, obviously, but they're so important. And again, nobody's going to be upset on, on night one of the draft if they get a guy as a left tackle who's going to start for 10 years, like a Ram check could, you know what I mean? And yep. so I would understand it. And I think this draft is plentiful. The Saints could still be aggressive and trade up to get a, a second round guy now that they didn't have to part with all their picks to get Deshaun Watson. Right. And so they have, they're setting themselves up for a, a pretty interesting draft. And so I feel good about their chances to do it. Um, I think obviously they're going to have to look at it, but let me, let me transition from that. And again, cause Pete Carmichael was brought up and something Allen had said was the fact that they're going to kind of run this offense the same way it's been ran for the past 16 years. And look, a lot of people don't understand or don't know uh, Pete Carmichael. We've talked about him on here, but I'm going to give you another chance. What does Pete Carmichael bring to the table? What do you see from him that people don't see? Oh, he brings everything to the table. When it comes to the offense, Pete Carmichael is the table. Uh, that's one thing that people fail to realize because everybody, when they think about the offense, everybody was thought about Sean Payton. And don't get me wrong, Coach Payton was the brains behind that offense. Don't get me wrong, he was. But Pete was right next to him. Pete was his sidekick every day, day in, day out. Pete could run this offense with his eyes closed. You know, so the fact that Pete is at the helm and he's running this offense, they're not going to miss a beat. You might as well say, of course, he's not Coach Payton. I can't – I'll hate to compare him to Coach Payton. But when it comes to running the offense – He's been in the exact same offense forever, and he knows how to run it. He's in the same meeting rooms with uh, with Coach Payton and, and Drew Brees every day. You know, he's been doing this forever. So, Pete Carmichael, I have no doubt that this offense is going to click on all cylinders as long as we have the right guys and the protection around Winston. Like, the offense is not a concern to me. We just got to make sure we have the pieces to be able to do what he wants to do because he knows this offense and he can, he's capable of running it. Yeah. I'm glad you give the vote of confidence. Cause I know some people it's just uneasy and look, I'll be honest with you. It is a very uneasy time in new Orleans, right? You just don't know what to expect. You got a new coach. 
new offensive coordinator. You know, you got new defensive coordinators, co-defensive coordinators. You have different players. You've lost a lot of, of talent. I mean, there is a, a, a question mark on this team. And I think I saw Vegas odds the other day. I think it was, you know, under uh, seven and a half was the line for the Saints. And, uh, you know, again, they have a lot of questions answered. But at the same time, you look at the NFC. I mean, look, we're, we're good into it. But Bruce Arians is no longer coaching the Buccaneers, right? Now it's right. Todd Bowles. And so uh, <laughs> that was a little bit shocking. But I, I still think the NFC is obviously the far less superior conference obviously to the AFC this year, but it gives a chance for New Orleans to at least put together a run and do some things. But look, there's too many unknowns about this team. Um, you know, is as simple as saying, Hey, I like the Rams, you know, um, because Packers, I don't know who Rogers is going to throw to. <laughs> you don't have Marquez Valdez Stanley. You don't have, uh, you know, Devonte Adams there anymore. I, I just don't know. This is pretty much flip a coin and that's who's going to be in the playoffs. That's the truth. That's true. Like that, I'm glad we have these concerns, and I think we talked about it before. These concerns, or I'm not gonna call them problems that the Saints have, but we have concerns. We gotta, we gotta uh, make sure we get get under control. But I rather have these things in the NFC than in the AFC, because if we yeah. was in the AFC, we'd be in some trouble right now. If we was right. in, the AFC, you know, but yeah. they've been in the NFC. You know, we're we can make the playoffs with the roster that we have. We can make it. Yeah, I think defensively they still have the talent to do it. And so it's going to have a lot of questions to answer. Where does Marcus May figure in, you know, with all these different moves that's made? Um, Do they take a look at Teron Matthew now that Malcolm Jenkins has has retired? I think P.J. Williams is a guy that you have to re-sign now. I I just Mm – I know they added Daniel Sorensen, but he's more of that Jeff Heath-type role going into the season – um, you know, I mean, look, there's a lot of questions to answer, but I just don't think there's many on the defensive side as there is on the offensive side. And so I think now that you got your biggest one answer with the quarterback spot, it's time to build around him. You know, the draft is, is less than a month away. Um, and a lot can still happen in free agency. Maybe they bring back Quan Alexander. Maybe they bring back PJ Williams. Maybe they make that run at, at Teron Matthew. I know he's probably not, you know, in a hurry to make a decision, but, um, you know, things can obviously get, really good for this team and you know i just saw a cap space thing and new orleans is in the top five that's never the case they're a team that operated lower the cap than anybody and they always make it work but in 20 something million dollars for mickey loomis and guy harley i mean that's a lot of money for them to operate so i expect more moves to come and again like alan said it's not about the flashy moves it's about the right moves i think they're going to look at some some options and, uh, you know, far be it for me. I, I, I'm not uh, really out, you know, with the wide receiver position. They don't try to pull off a trade for a veteran, somebody that we're not thinking about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you try to get dangle a carrot and get a Devontae Parker from the Dolphins. Um, maybe you look at Corey Davis. I know he's kind of his second year into the Jets, but, you know, Elijah Moore is kind of taking center stage there. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's some – ways to go about that um, that we might not be thinking about. And you always expect the unexpected with the Saints team. Yes. Uh, and, and truthfully, and, and we was talking talking about receivers a little bit more. And I sit and I think about, you know, back in the 2006 season when Coach Payton first got here, uh, even when after Joe Horn left, did we really have any receivers or just household names? We didn't have those type of receivers. You had – Marcus Colson, everybody know what Marcus Colson developed into. You know, you had Debbie Hendersons. Uh, you had the Lance Moores. You know, you had those guys that 
really was not household names before they got to New Orleans, you know, and then they got developed and they became who they became, you know, so we don't really have to have a stable full of, I guess you could say proven veterans. You don't have to have that, you know, but I think if you have the right coaches, the right system and the right players, like you, like coach Allen said, the right want to make the right moves. You have the right players that's in your system. I think that we'll be fine, but I will still draft a younger guy. I will still draft a little because this class is full of receivers. I would mm-hmm. still draft the younger receiver high, but the receiver position, as, as I sit in here and think about it, you know, New Orleans never really had those high prolific receivers here, but we always developed them. And they became what they became once they left, once they got to New Orleans because of the offers that we ran and because of how well the coaches are to develop these guys. So I think, I mean, I'm, my hats, I'm, 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 not, I'm not down and out about not having a top receiver. But like Coach Allen said, you got to have the right moves and have the right receivers. So that's why I'm going to think about it. Yeah, and again, only time's going to tell whether what they make and what they do. And you know, look, we're here for it, right? And um, oh yeah, you got these pro days going on, and I think what you'll see from a timing perspective, I think the last real pro day I think you have is LSU uh, April sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you have a lot of the local Louisiana schools. Uh, next week, you know, some of the HBCUs too. And and so I think um, you'll get some, some more traction there, but you know, for now it's kind of hold the course, see what the saints do and then kind of just really go from there. But I still feel like they have an opportunity to get better. They definitely can. Uh, again, I like the wide receiver class here. I think you can go into day two and three and still hit a home run in the wide receiver department. And so I think that's what's important. Most there is, you know, Thomas, I think he's going to have a bounce back season, but it's funny. You mentioned all those other receivers because, you know, Colston impressed, but he's still a guy that was undrafted and you're like, or I'm not undrafted, but seventh round pick. And like from Hofstra, who's this guy going to be really Drew's throwing to this, this guy of all people, or, you know, even Devery or even uh, Lance Moore undrafted. I mean, there's just all these that came about that, you know, ended up being uh, so instrumental for this team and, and they really outperform anybody's expectations. I feel like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but like I said, that that goes to, you know, the development of the coach, the coaches that they have down there. You know, New Orleans are known to develop receivers. You know, we can develop receivers and also that offense, that offense that they're running and been running since 2006, you know, is prime for guys to come in and, and just make plays. You don't have to be a big name receiver. Just make plays when the ball is thrown to you. You're going to get coached very well. Uh, the coach is going to put you in the right position to make plays. You just got to make them. Yep, absolutely. So we'll stay tuned and we'll see how it goes. And, uh, you know, again, if you had to put some money on it or not really necessary money, but if you had to guess, what do you think their next free agency move would be? Or do you think it's going to bring in a safety to replace Malcolm Jenkins? Do you think it's going to be a veteran wide receiver or is it a mystery? Is it maybe a running back or a, a, an offensive lineman? Uh, I, uh, I think offensive lineman. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can buy that. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely could buy that. I mean, it, it just would make sense. You can never have too many offensive linemen. I'll just take that much. Yeah. I think offensive especially linemen. after last year, especially after <laughs> exactly. Wow. Well, anyways, Terrence, before we get out of here, anything you want to plug? I've been keep seeing all the stuff with your seven on seven, how's things going with that? And is there any, uh, any th- ways that 
you know, anybody that's interested and wants to learn more can, can, you know, do their own research and try to figure it out. Yeah. So uh, right now we, we just finished up our first tournament with 707. Uh, we did an amazing job. Uh, I'm excited for these guys this year coming up. Uh, we still doing speed and agility strength training. Uh, so individual skill training, uh, you can always reach out to us at Premier Sports Academy. Find us on Instagram or on Facebook uh, and just shoot us a message. Good deal. We'll definitely have to do that. So, guys, we do appreciate you tuning in today. As always, um, just follow us on Believe in Saints, part of the Believe Network, and just be sure to keep tuned with us. Uh, you know, drafts coming up. We'll have a lot to talk about, and, you know, we'll have to see how the Saints team attacks. But, guys, we really do appreciate it. Again, we want to thank Bet Online for producing today's show. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube